Well, good morning and welcome to Mayflower on this first Sunday of Advent. We trust you had a wonderful Thanksgiving and that you are, your hearts are prepared in this season of waiting and longing for the birth of the Christ child. We're so happy you're here with us. Whether you're joining us via live stream or you're here in the sanctuary, welcome, welcome. And for those of you in the sanctuary, if you're on the aisle, I hope you know what to do. Grab that friendship register and sign it and pass it. And those of you live streaming with us, you're not off the hook either. There is an e-friendship register. So we hope you click on that and let us know that you're worshiping with us. So if you're here in the sanctuary, if you look in the pew rack, there are prayer cards. So if you have a request or a praise or something you would like mentioned in this morning's prayers, fill that top part out. If you have something you would like to add to our weekly emailed prayer list, you can put that on the bottom part of the card. If you're here this morning and you would simply like someone to pray with you after the service, I will be available after the postlude right here up front in the sanctuary, so feel free to come find me. So if you opened your bulletin and found this little treasure in there and you're wondering what it is, we are joining our Elevate youth who have done, uh, for the past couple of years, have joined this Advent Word movement, which is kind of a social media, Instagram, Facebook uh, movement that's global. But for some of us who that's not our thing and we like a printed Advent devotional, we have this. Every week you will find one of these in your bulletin or it will be available online. And there's a word for each day of Advent. So members of our staff, our church council, and our congregational care team have taken these same words the kids are using with Advent Word and writing little devotionals. So some of you are probably going to sit here in the service and read this whole thing through. That's fine. (laughs) But it's designed for you to take it home. And each day there's a scripture for you to look up and just a thought to sit with for that day for Advent. So we hope you find this to be very helpful. We're excited to try it and to join our youth. So if you have somebody that's in Elevate and they're doing some hashtag Advent Word visualizing of Advent ideas, maybe you can connect with them and see how these words are resonating with them as well. So Advent Outreach is also part of this month. So I'm going to welcome Rachel Cooley to talk about what we're doing for Outreach. Thank you. Typically, we have sponsored refugee families with Bethany Christian Services. And this year, if you would like to do that again, where you sponsor a family and you purchase all the items on their list, you are welcome to contact Bethany directly because of COVID and how it's hard to shop for certain things these days. They are taking all of those donations and donating that way themselves. So we here at Mayflower are going to collect gift cards. And back in the narthex, you will find on a Christmas tree little cards with $15 gift card um, cards for you to take and get gift cards from Meyer and Target, McDonald's, Subway, all places that will bless and um, that the Bethany refugee families would cherish. We will be collecting these gift cards between now and December 12th, and we appreciate your support. With a new season comes new music. So you will notice today in the bulletin, we have new responses. Uh, In a moment, we'll have the lighting of the first Advent candle. And that first response is for all of us to sing. Cradle Song is one of the many tunes that we sing to Away in a Manger. So those words, in the still of the winter, will be a tune you recognize. Our prayer response, uh, St. Louis is the tune. Um, You will also recognize that as verse 4 of O Little Town of Bethlehem. We have our handbells with us, or a few of the members of our handbell choir to help with our opening hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. You will notice that verse 1 will be sung by the choir, and then you are all invited to join in the rest of the verses. Um, And our... Uh, uh, choir anthem during the offertory um, is based on the scripture of the Annunciation and our angel Gabriel this morning is Anne-Marie Church.
Throughout the Sundays of Advent, we will light the Advent candles of hope, peace, joy, and love as we prepare for Christmas. As we light this candle of hope, let us pray that for Christmas may show us how to be patient when things take time, how to live for Christmas day by day, and how to wait for promises not yet fulfilled. Risen Christ, light of the world, shine in our lives and shine among us now.
Dear and holy God, we are embarking on this season of Advent, and we pray for your presence to guide us. This is a season of waiting and longing, and our tendency is to skip over this because it can be uncomfortable. But help us to wait well, to learn to live with expectation, so that when we celebrate the arrival of Christ, our joy is complete. Thank you for being with us on this journey and holding us so tenderly. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I would like to invite all the children worshiping with us to come forward for the children's message. Good morning. As you guys walked into the sanctuary, did you notice that Christmas has come? So exciting. Already know. What is your favorite thing about Christmas? Presents. Thank you, Mark. (laughs) So this year for December, we are going to discover a present inside this box. That God gives us. All right. So are you ready to open our very first present? Are you ready? This one is from God. What is it? What do you see? It's sprinkles. Did you know that God gives us sprinkles? You did not know that? I know. But he does. God gives us sprinkles Every day in our life. What happened yesterday outside? What fell from the sky? Snow. Doesn't snow remind you of sprinkles? Yes. So sprinkles that God gives us, they are amazing things that happen in our days. Did you know that God did not have to make zebras? But he did. Zebras are a God sprinkle. He could have made everything the same color. But he did it. He made the color blue. He made the color green. He made the color red. Those are God sprinkles. He could have made us all have blonde hair. But instead, he made brown hair, blonde hair, black hair, all God sprinkles. So this week, as you start seeing all of the Christmas decorations at your house and at school and around, I want you to also look for God's sprinkles everywhere you go. Will you pray with me, please? Lord, thank you for all the sprinkles, all the ways that you bless us with those unexpected and wonderful extras in our lives. May we see you this week as we go forward. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, friends, I'm going to dismiss you to Bible Alive and Bible Beginnings with Mrs. Custer and Mrs. Weiner. So let's stand up and let's go to Sunday school.
Good morning. Today's scripture reading is from the book of Luke, chapters 1, verses 26 through 38. You can find it on the Pew Bible in page 723. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will receive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, we'll do this. All right, is that better? Okay. Well, some of us, some of you, are living the events that happened in Ann Arbor and East Lansing yesterday, right? But here we are, the first Sunday of Advent, and it's not even December yet. I want to suggest today that to make this season authentic requires wide awe, jaw-dropping wonder. And maybe, you know, we're not into that these days. And so it becomes, well, just another one of the many Advent seasons that we experience. But we're going to think about divine majesty in the midst of the mundane. Holiness in the filth of sheep manure and sweat. Divinity entering the world on the floor of a stable through the womb of a teenager. It's so familiar. We've heard the story again and again. Two words today that I hope will be our companion on the Advent journey. Wonder and willingness. Wonder. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, to a town in Galilee. Gabriel. Now, if you're into auto mechanics, the name Gabriel is synonymous with shock absorbers. But this Gabriel 
is not a shock absorber, but a shock dispenser. Comes to a virgin named Mary engaged to Joseph. Greetings. You are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Have you ever picked up the telephone? I'm sure you have. And heard, heard words something like this. Congratulations. I have great news for you. You have just won an all-expenses-paid trip to Porto Viard or some exotic place where you've never been before and never planned to go to. And you, before you hang up the phone, say, will you please take me off your phoning list? Mary might have said to Gabriel, Will you please take me off your phoning list? It says she was greatly troubled and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Mary knew her Old Testament, and she knew that highly favored led to highly troubled. When God says you're highly favored, your life is never going to be the same again. You will be inconvenienced and incredibly interrupted. She knew the stories of Noah and Moses and Jeremiah and Deborah and Naomi and the rest. The wonder. She hears that of all of the maidens who have ever lived, she has been chosen to be mother of the child who will grow up to be the world's savior. Now, that bit of news is something to wonder and worry over. How can this be, she said, I am a virgin. Some of us might have great difficulty understanding the virgin birth. Theologians and philosophers argue and debate it for centuries. But you know what? Mary had an even harder time understanding. It's outside all of the categories of cause and effect. It's beyond the realm of where you and I live. It's beyond the realm of where Mary lived. How can this be? Have you ever asked that question? I bet you have. Maybe those exact words came from you on the day that your well-constructed life was suddenly invaded by something too great for you to control. A change forced upon you. A job lost. A move made and then another move. A vocational standing challenged and removed. A bad report from the medical lab. And you're left in bed staring up at the ceiling saying, How can this be. What do you do when you're asked to be part of the unbelievable? Not to observe it, not to try it on and taste it like a free sample of cheese at Myers, but to put your life, your body, your future, your reputation squarely on the altar. So God can do something impossible. It's interesting that Gabriel didn't explain what was in store for Mary. He didn't tell her all of the implications that were going to come from this. He didn't say, no, you're going to become a mother. And, you know, frankly, for the next two years, you're going to run from your life from Bethlehem. And Mary might have said, Bethlehem, where's that? Never been there. Well, it's going to start in Bethlehem, and then you're going to you know, escape to Egypt and wind your way back here to Nazareth. And when this child born is 12 years old, you're going to take him down to the temple there in Jerusalem, and he's going to get lost, and you're going to wonder what in the world is going on and all this that is happening. And in about 30 years from now, he's going to be a really famous preacher. And centuries from now, you, Mary, 
You will be venerated and remembered. You will be called the fairest of all women. Statues of you will adorn worship centers. Songs will be written of you and sung as long as humankind is able to raise its voice in praise. You are highly favored. But that wasn't all laid out for Mary. That morning in Nazareth, the bottom line was not revealed. Mary was not a woman with the future in the palm of her hand. All she has in the next moment is the next moment. And she will place it in God's hands. So I submit it is that to every follower of Jesus. When God says highly favored, He reveals very little. His invitation does not include a script. And so He just calls us to unquenchable faith, tenacious obedience, trust beyond imagining your life. In God's hands. And notice that Gabriel, the shock dispenser, announces God's plan and he doesn't ask for Mary's permission. Hard to understand, isn't it? Because when it comes to decision making, we're big on process. And when it's a decision about us, well, we want to be kept in the loop of all of the plans. But the angel continues, what's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say that she was barren, but she's already in the sixth month. Too old Elizabeth and too young Mary are both pregnant. And both pregnancies are part of a bigger plan that neither mother can grasp. But that's the way God works. God plants the seed of his plan within our lives. For nothing, as Gabriel said, will be impossible with God. The holy wonder of it all. But it is all possible because of willingness. So to wonder, we add willingness. So Mary, what do you say? And what she says is this word of willingness. I am the Lord's servant. Let it be in me as you have said. And the angel left her. I am the Lord's servant. Those five words determine everything. Now, if Mary's identity is, I am Joseph's girl, there's no way she's going to do what God wants. If reputation drives everything about her, I'm a nice girl from Nazareth. If that's her identity, she won't do this. But Mary bases her identity on one thing and one thing alone. With open hands and open arms, with face looking up, she declares, I am the Lord's servant. It's interesting to me that in Mary, there's no sense of reluctance that you find in people like Moses at the bush or Jeremiah. Oh, I'm too young. I can't do this. Or Jonah. Hey, I'm out of here. I'm going the opposite direction. May it be in me, as you have said. Think back to the first words ever spoken. Spoken by the omnipotent God who looks out over a vast void of nothing 
and spoke those infinitely creative words, let there be. And he who spoke a word, and the universe was formed and fitted for life, now is speaking again. And the word, the logos, the son will become flesh, human being, and by that word, God will be incarnate. And we will have a Redeemer, a Savior. What is Mary to do? For in her there is to be a wedding of divine and human as never before. The omnipotent will touch the finite in a manner unbelievable. Though she could not understand, Though this is beyond the realm of her imagining, Mary, humble maid, spoke her own creative word. The only creative word that we can ever speak issued in the most profound confession of faith ever recorded. To the one who had said, Let there be light and a beam of light set out for that first star somewhere in the trackless void of this universe trillions of years ago. And a universe is born. To that one, Mary said, I am your servant. Let it be in me. And the Redeemer of the world was born. I believe this season, God stands before every one of us, not to announce that we'll give birth to his son. That's been accomplished. But he looks today not for a virgin mother, but for an obedient people, willing disciples. He comes to say, highly favored. And he calls us to put our life on the line. For some, it may come as a call to forgive someone who has deeply hurt you. For another, to serve God in ways that stretch you beyond your imagining. For another, to give of your resources in a way that you're sure you can't afford. For another to forsake a habit. For you, for you, it may be the call to a very great personal sacrifice of a dream that you had long pursued. Sooner or later, God shouts through the angels or whispers through circumstances, calling us to totally trust Him in something that makes only supernatural sense. When those calls come, we face the most wondrous, exciting, significant, and supernatural opportunities of our lives, just like Mary. I tell you, I'm I'm totally dazzled and humbled by Mary's response. This poor Jewish girl, who was probably 15 or 16 years old, had more courage, more wisdom, more insight than I have ever demonstrated in my 79 years. She trusted God fully with no strings attached. Mary said, yes. Without fully understanding what she was saying yes to. What about us? Will we say yes to God? Will we sign a blank contract and let Him fill in the terms? Like Mary, will we live by wonder and willingness? Amen.
The ushers will momentarily come forward to receive this morning's offering. Please know if you give in person here, if you give via text or online, you are giving to bless the ministry here of Mayflower, and we thank you.
Gracious Lord, creator and giver of all that is good, we thank you for our many blessings. And we acknowledge that all we have is from you. We offer thanks and praise for this season of Advent and the opportunity to remember the most tremendous gift of your Son. May our tithes and offerings be used to bring you glory and honor. Amen. You may be seated. And now we turn to the praises and petitions of our congregation, of which there are many. And we acknowledge that each week you bring all kinds of joys and sorrows into this space, most of which you don't share. So may you feel the presence of the Spirit meeting you in those tender places as we pray together this morning. Let's join our hearts together in prayer. Holy Lord, you sent your angel Gabriel to Mary in Nazareth with the most extraordinary news. Mary asked Gabriel, how can this be? And Gabriel's response is one we hold on to today. For nothing will be impossible with God. Absolutely nothing. We thank you and praise you, God, that this is true. And as we lay our burdens, our petitions, and our deepest prayers at your feet, please remind our souls again of this truth, that nothing is impossible with you. May our lives be marked by this truth. And Lord, we know there are many in our congregation and beyond who are suffering. Many who are asking, how can this be? We lift up to you those who grieve, those who are ill, those who are facing difficult circumstances, those who have troubled relationships. And Lord, we desperately pray for your comfort, your healing, and your peace. And today, specifically, Lord, we pray for Nancy Miller, whose father passed away this week. Bless Nancy and Stephen and their family as they mourn and plan his service. And Lord, we lift up precious Madeline Small, Pastor Steve and his wife Janet Armfield's 13-year-old granddaughter, who's facing brain surgery later this month. We pray for your divine hand of supernatural healing on her body. And this morning, Lord, Allison Houlihan, our youth director, texted me with this prayer request for a dear friend of hers from Hope College, Tyler Van Lockhuizen, who suffered a heart attack and died Thanksgiving morning. He leaves behind his children who are 13 and 17. And Lord, we don't know what to do with this. It just feels so heavy and so wrong and so hard. And we pray for you to somehow break through and bless this family and wrap your arms around these children. Let them know how loved they are, that when they're asking, how can this be? Lord, somehow remind them that nothing's impossible with you. And Lord, we pray for Cindy Papp's mom, Fran, who's diagnosed with an untreatable cancer. Again, we don't know what to do with that. How can this be? But we ask for your hand of comfort on Cindy and Fran and their whole family. That as her mother stares down her last days of life, may you just illuminate her spirit. Give her a joy that she's going to be with you forever. Let that just infiltrate her and their family. Walk with them through these days that will be dark. And bring your light as only you can. And Lord, in the sanctuary this morning is a mother who has been estranged from her son for 11 years. That kind of pain and heartache is indescribable. And we know there are other parents, grandparents, who have been estranged from children and know this pain deeply. And Lord, in this season of Advent, as we're celebrating the arrival of your son, these are conflicting emotions for parents who are in a bad spot. So Lord, we pray desperately for the peace that passes understanding, the peace that comes from you, the peace that is beyond what humans can feel or acknowledge. Lord, grant us that. And for this mother who's sitting in her pain, may she know the peace that passes understanding. May she be comforted here in this space and as she goes forward. 
Lord, we know you love us. You love us with a love that is just incomprehensible. So may we feel that in our bones today. We may feel that in our spirit. And as your spirit prays in and through us, we pray for you to abide with us, O Lord. Abide with us, Emmanuel. Emmanuel with us. And let us sing our response to those words. Descend on us, Lord, and abide with us, Lord, and help us as we pray. And lead us with your spirit as we join our voices to pray the prayer that Jesus taught. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, Lord, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Go into the world. Awake to the signs of God's new inventions.
in your life, in new life. Listen to the one who said, let there be light. And let us open our lives to our Creator so that we let the one who has formed and shaped us now guide and direct us. Go in the name of Jesus. Amen.